Well, we are diving into a brand new series, and it's a great one because it really is giving us uh, insight, it's giving us instruction, it's giving us direction towards our next steps and what God is calling us to. And so today's a great day here at Church at the Bridge because it's Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. How many of you appreciate the fact that you have vision? How many of you appreciate the fact that you can see? Right? Well, today I want to give you some clarity, some vision, some perspective from the heart of God and what God has been doing here, where God is taking us. And we're wrapping Vision Sunday into this new series that we're calling Life in the Middle. And the reason why we're calling it Life in the Middle is because God always is calling us somewhere called there. And to get there, he's calling us from where we call here. But the middle ground between here and there is essential. It's crucial. What we do in this place matters. And so in a practical sense, I think we can all agree, as you've mentioned, that vision is essential, that it's important. But as God's people and in context today as his church, vision is not only essential, it's life-giving and it is transformational. Vision is not only essential, it is life-giving and transformational. And so I'd like you to consider the importance of vision for our lives and vision for us as God's church. And I want you to hear the word of God. I don't want you to take my opinion. I want you to hear the word of God. And as you hear these portions of scripture that we're starting up with, I want you to open your heart and ask God to give you eyes to see what he's saying. Amen? Amen. All right, so Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this, where there is no vision. Somebody say vision. vision. It says where there is no vision, the people do what? Perish. perish. The people perish. So I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to begin to envision what the scripture is saying there. What is God trying to convey to you and I? We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second. Look with me in your Bible to Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. It says, write the... About two of you got that. Let's try that again. Write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain on tables. That's speaking of tablets, a permanent uh, 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 place. It says, and make it plain upon tablets that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And so think about what the scripture is talking about there. And while you're meditating on that, while you're beginning to prime the pump of your heart, while you're beginning to open up your, your spiritual eyes, I want to give you some things to consider about vision. Number one, vision is life. Let me say that again. Vision is life. Now, everyone sees, but not everyone has vision. See, people can live without sight. You can lose your eyesight and still live in this world. You might have to make some adjustments. You might go through some things that you don't want to, but you can live without sight. But according to what we see in these verses, no one can truly live without vision from God. Vision is a completely different 
concept. It's something completely different. I also want you to consider that vision gives us the ability to run. Now, when the scripture talks about running, it's literally talking about being energized for the journey. It's having what you need to get where God is calling you and I to. That's also true for us as his church. A church without vision is a dead church. A church that has no there to get to is a church that isn't going anywhere and isn't accomplishing anything for the kingdom of God. The next thing I want you to consider is that vision provides the ability to see, to plan, and chart a direction. And it helps us avoid pitfalls. It helps us avoid pitfalls. And so while God desires that all people live with vision, listen closely to this. Vision is not available to everyone. I want you to hear where I'm coming from with this. See, vision is available to people that are a part of God's kingdom government. Let me tell you why I say that. The word vision here refers to revelation by divine access. It's kind of like some of you ladies that were going to my daughter while we were gone and going, so tell me the goods. What are we really doing when we go to this camp? To, you know, when we go camping. You're not going camping. You're going glamping. No, let me stop. Listen, if you're going to put makeup on while you're out in the woods, it's glamping. All right? Anyway, that was a lot funnier in my head. But you see, vision refers to revelation and understanding and opening of the heart and mind an ability to see the divine by access that is only available through God. It's revelation that is made available not merely to just any people. When the scripture says that uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. The people that it's referring to is a specific people who are a nation, are countrymen, and have access by way of blood as king. In other words, there is a direct relationship to the one giving vision. So when God says where there is no vision, where there is no divine revelation... My people perish. He's talking about people that are in relationship with him but refuse vision, do not uh, uh, press towards grasping what God has for them. These are people that, uh, that uh, choose to live negligent of the truth. And so vision is for God's people. And as God's people, with his vision, we can live and function under the authority of God and wield that authority solely for the purpose of advancing his kingdom in this world. Somebody say with me, God has a plan. Now, it's easy to say God has a plan, but have you, have you ever thought of the fact that you and I are part of it? God's plan does not function independent of us. And so contrary to popular belief, vision has nothing to do with sight. I'm going to say that again. Vision has nothing to do with sight. See, sight is relegated to the realm of the eyes, of the senses. In other words, each and every one of us here today, I believe anyway, and for those of you online, see with your physical eyes. We respond to the world based on this physical realm, what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we taste, right? We function according to that realm. Everyone and anyone can function in this realm. But you see, vision is spiritual. 
divine revelation is spiritual and it's available to a people who are directly in union and relationship with God. Therefore, vision is the means by which God leads us as his people, as his church. So I'm just priming the pump here because I want you to see where we're going with this. Reminds me of a story I once heard, and maybe I've shared it here at one time. It was during World War I, and it was a, a bombing of the Blitzkrieg. And the way the story goes, a father was holding his small son by the hand, and they ran from a building that had been struck by a bomb. And in the front yard was a shell hole of a bomb that had dropped previously. And so seeking shelter as quickly as possible, the father, while running with his son, jumped into the hole and held up his arms for his son to follow. Terrified, the story says, yet hearing his father's voice telling him to jump, the boy replied, I can't see you, dad. I can't see you. And the father, looking up against the sky tinted red by the burning buildings, called to the silhouette of his son. And he says, but I can see you. Jump. And the boy jumped not only because he trusted that his father was there, but because he believed that his father saw him. Now, I'm going to tell you why I share that with you. Because as a child of God and as God's church, we have vision. No matter where you may find yourself in life, you have the ability, you have what it takes to see what God sees and what God says. But like this boy, you and I, the church as a whole, we must push past the limits of our physical eyes to see where God is calling us and to go where God wants to take us. And so today I'd like to talk to you on the topic, we can't stay here. Say this with me. We can't stay here. Now, one of the key characteristics of vision from God is that it necessitates that you and I make a move, that you and I take a step, that you and I, in essence, jump while trusting that God sees what we don't and that he is present to catch us and carry us to the place that he desires us to be in tandem with him. And so for some time, it's been quite apparent here that God's purposes at Church at the Bridge are bigger than anything that we can conceive in and of ourselves. Let me give you a snapshot of that. Just in this past year, never mind seven years, but God has done some amazing things. And some of you, you've been here for a while. You're a witness to this. So you can testify to what I'm saying here. I'm not giving you hype, ladies and gentlemen. I would not mislead you. I simply want you to consider the hand of God and what he's been doing here. Just in this last year alone, you have helped to serve meals to over 2,000 people through our friends and family nights. That's worth celebrating. Listen, over the last year, you, through our Giving Wednesdays initiative, helped to feed another 1,800 people while at the same time pouring into businesses, restaurants that were struggling over $23,000, thereby helping them to keep their doors open, keep people employed, and sustain our local economy. That's worth celebrating. Listen, you also have helped to provide gifts and groceries to another 55 families during the Christmas season and various grocery gift cards to families that still are in distress. You've also helped to provide continued support to 20 children in Nicaragua by paying for their education, their school uniforms, and two daily nutritious meals which they would otherwise not have 
due to their extreme poverty. That's worth celebrating what God is doing through you. And the midst of this all, your witness and your love for the Lord and your faithful support and involvement has expanded our reach into more lives than we ever thought possible. Listen, on a monthly basis, you help to reach over 2,000 people through our, uh, through our live streams and social media. This is in addition to the people that now call Church at the Bridge of their, their home and are here faithfully in person week in and week out. And mind you, there's also, and I, don't, I still don't understand this, but I just thank God for it. Listen, there are people that f- watch us and give online from Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, New York City. Listen, this gospel is going forward. God is doing some amazing things. And over the last seven years, yes, over the last seven years, God has graced us with an opportunity that many other churches, many other ministries struggle to attain. And I understand that struggle. We have a standalone facility that God has blessed us with and he miraculously provided for us. Do we serve a good God or what? God is good, man. And so listen, we find ourselves currently in this here, right? We're going to talk more about here in a second. But after catching a glimpse of all that God has done and continues to do amongst us, I'm sure that for some of you it puzzles you as to why I'm talking to you today on the topic, we can't stay here. Why can't we stay here? It's so good. And the reason why the Lord has led me to speak to you on this topic is because we really can't stay here. Listen to where I'm coming from with this. You see, here is a limit to there. I'm going to say that again. Here is a limit to there. You got to get this. The scriptures declare that God operates, that, that the work that God is doing in us, it operates according to this spiritual law. God does exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond what we could ask or think. God calls us to go beyond. But you know, it's very easy to get comfortable here. It's very easy to get comfortable in what God is doing, but miss where God is going. Man, that was good. That preaches to me, man. And so as a ministry, we've always known that we're called to be more than a building with people to get together for weekly Christian services. I chuckle because that's the norm today. That's the norm today. See, we know that we're called to be change agents, to be God's hands and feet in this entire region and beyond. To be the bridge from which heaven has a path to touch the earth upon which we stand and impact the lives of people with this life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ. And we know that we're not just called to preach this gospel, but to equip people in practical ways. It's the reason why we are now finalizing details for this community development corporation and many other things that I I hope that I'm going to share with you today. So I'd like to take a moment right now to point you to there. Now, for some of you, you've been around long enough that you've seen this video that I'm about to show you, and you're probably going to go, I've seen this already. Well, let me tell you something. According to the scriptures, though the vision tarry, wait for it. We have to keep it before us. It has to be continually in your heart and in your mind and in your sight. And so let's play this video, and then I'll talk to you some more about what God is doing here. 
2014, we stepped out into the unknown. God had called us to start a ministry. And so we stepped out and we quickly understood that we were called to a city, a city called Newburgh, a city that had a history, a city that was familiar with challenges, with struggles, with deficiencies, with doubts. And here we were stepping out into this city, knowing that God had called us to be difference makers. And so we went from starting in our home with 12 people on January 5th, 2014. In a matter of three weeks, we grew to almost 30 people. Our living room was our sanctuary. My flat screen was where we projected our scriptures. My son was on acoustic. My daughter was leading worship. My son's room was our kids department. The island in our, in our kitchen, our kitchen counter was our cafe. And then we ended up in a hotel, the Hudson Valley Hotel and Conference Center. And we were there for a total of about six months. We went from a room that seated 50 with a small room to accommodate our kids. And we outgrew that in a matter of six months. And then we came to 90 Broadway, a club, a place known to be a problem child for the city. It was a place where people came and they, they enjoyed music, but a lot of bad things happened. And eventually it got shut down in February of 2014. Little did we know then that we would end up in this same facility. And we turned it into Church at the Bridge. We turned it into a place where people could still come and enjoy themselves and where people could come to a place where they could see that God was real, but that God wanted to be real in the very places that they came from. And so our history is one up until this point of concentric circles that continually expand. It's like a ripple effect. It started with 12 people, and today over 200 people call Church at the Bridge home, but not a home where they stay. It's a home where it's home base and they go from, and they're bringing the gospel in a real, personal way to lives all over. Today, people from Pinebush, Wappingers, Fishkill, Monroe, City of Newburgh, Town of Newburgh, Cornwall, New Windsor, and beyond. And so today, we realize we need more space, but it's not more space for 200 people. But this is about now expanding the reach, taking this bridge to new places. And so our next step requires us to have more space more space so people can come. During the week, they can learn simple things like GED, access ESL services, where they can learn job training skills, where they can have a path that gives them a light of hope that shows them, wow, I don't have to stay where I'm at. I can learn these things, where we can have computer labs, where people can access some of the simplest things that they don't have, like the internet, like online training skills, where people can have fields, where they can be a part of our Youth Leadership Academy, where at-risk teens can come and find a space where it's safe and they feel at home and they can be real with their friends while at the same time learning and gaining access to supports that help them with simple things like tutoring, like academic support, like thinking about secondary education, college, vocational training, and not just learning about it, but a place where we'll help them connect to those things where young people can access fields where they can play soccer 
and football and learn sports and academic skills where people can go and learn what it is to, uh, to have fun. And at the same time, go towards something greater, experiencing God, experiencing Jesus, experiencing his love. And so our next step is a bold one. It's a step that goes beyond what we know. The Bible says that God does exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond what we could ask or think. This next step takes us beyond what we could conceive in our own minds. But that's the very place where God is leading us. It's where God says in his word, he calls us out, and he invites us to something more. And he tells us, I am the God that calls you and says to you, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered the hearts of men, the things that I have in store for those who love me and are called according to my purposes. This is about an invitation to partner with God. This is about a vision to be the church and go where we've never been. And so you might ask the question, why so big a vision? Why this next step? Why do we need to go to great lengths? And God's answer is, why not? See, with men it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Join us, partner with us. Partner with the kingdom of God. Let's give this community something they've never seen so that they can come to know a God they've never known in a real way. Let's be what God's called us to be, the bridge. You know, it, um, it humbles me and it brings me to tears to think that God would choose a people like us to be a difference. Thank you, well said, brother. Why not? Why not you? Why not me? Why not us? Why not now in this moment? You know, this vision was born years ago. And if I could be frank, it's one that I have almost let go of at times of discouragement. And, you know, I've, I've gone through that privately. I've, I've wrestled through that privately. And the mistake that I've made is that I haven't just been completely transparent and honest with you. But I'll tell you something, because we've been through a series of negotiations and trials with this building, and then I just said, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm walking away from them, and we've tried other things, and it never worked. But I remember every single time, I always said this to the realtor, and he conveyed this message to the owners, you will not be able to sell this building to anyone else. It belongs to Church at the Bridge. And let me tell you, they are trying, and they are trying, and they are trying, and it's not happening. And I've been before the Lord, and I'll share more with you in a second. But I've been before the Lord, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to just be frank with you. I, we can't get away from this building. We're not going to. This is, this is where we're going. This is what we're pursuing. So I've given you a vision that still stands, and though it tarries, we await it with great faith, with continual expectation, but also with ongoing action. 
This has always been the plan. We have always had our eye on greater things in this region and beyond with God. And no matter what we've done to fit God's plan into our own efforts, the truth is we always continue to be led there. And I'm not just talking about a facility. I'm talking about everything that we are about. God, people, and community. And so now that you get a glimpse of where there is, let me talk to you about here. Because you've heard a little about what's been happening here. But there's a lot that has been happening behind the scenes that you're not aware of. You know, we have a great facility, but it has many limitations. And what you may not know is this, and, and, and I thank God for Pastor Ned and the team here because they do so well to just manage through challenges that we undergo. For about a month and a half, you didn't know this, we couldn't have our teens upstairs in that classroom. You know why? Because we were having serious leakage issues with the roof. And upon speaking to the ownership of this, of, of this facility, you know, we, we tried to work with him. But, you know, he's been going through a tough time since last year himself. And it, to, to renovate that roof was a $40,000 fix. We weren't going to pay that. I wasn't taking your tithes and offering for that. But I will tell you what we always have done here at Church of the Bridge. We've always been faithful in the little. And so once something starts affecting ministry, it has to be addressed. It has to be addressed. And so what did we do? We spoke to, thank God for, for the people of God in this church. A gentleman who's a contractor said, Pastor, let me look at what's going on. He went up to the roof. He did a $10,000 job and only charged us for material. $2,600. Brought his guys here. They didn't redo the whole roof. But let me tell you, those guys did a job there that will last for the next six, seven years. I'll tell you this. We won't be here to outlive that roof. In addition to that, electrical issues that have happened, bathroom issues. Don't you hate having to wait in line for the bathroom? I, I hate it, right? But let me tell you, I mean, we are limited here. And then in addition to that, there's limits to programming, to things that we can do. And yet, month after month, we serve co constantly. We serve people. We serve community. We're reaching out. We're touching lives through a limited experience, through a limited space. Let me tell you about here. What you might not know is that since our last uh, building campaign that we did, we went through a series of different facilities that we tried to purchase. Three of them we got close. Two of them we got outbid for. And just last year, during this whole COVID pandemic situation, we were about to get into contract with a building at Fort Corwin Court here in the city of Newburgh. And then at the last minute, the seller pulled out. You want to know why? Because according to their Jewish faith, for them to sell a facility that they owned to a people that were going to use it for a faith that differed from theirs was to break the law. You know what my response to them was? Show that to me in the, in the Torah that you read because I read the same one. And so it fell through. And through this whole time, it's been seasons of some discouragement, seasons of God, what, what are we doing here? God, what am I, where, where, where are we going wrong? And yet in the midst of it, God continues to show forth and show out. And so now that you see both ends of the spectrum, here and there, we must understand that the real issue that we face isn't here or there. The real issue that we face is in the middle, in this moment, and what we do. See, we continue to be faithful here. You continue to be faithful here. And we are faithful to keep our eyes on the vision 
for there. But our focus now more than ever must be, it has to be in the middle to get there. It all depends on what we do now at this moment. And so the Bible records a time when Jesus healed a man that was demonically possessed. But you see, in order to get to that place where chains were broken and this oppression was ceased in this man's life and it impacted this whole region, Jesus had to get there. And the scriptures record that prior to delivering this man, Jesus had just finished ministering to masses of people and teaching them about the kingdom. He was teaching them about the kingdom of God. And then he took the opportunity to display the power of God's kingdom by telling his disciples, let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. The scriptures record that while they were journeying in this boat to get to the other side, that a storm hit. A storm hit. And this storm hit and it and, and began to, to batter upon them with waves and went to such an extent that this boat began to take on water and began to sink. And meanwhile, Jesus had just declared, we're leaving here, this place called Galilee, and we're going there to this place called the Gerasenes. And so Jesus had in mind the deliverance of this man, but not just the deliverance of this man, the deliverance of people. We'll see that more in a second. And so while they're in the midst of this storm, Jesus slept, the scripture says. He was at peace. And the disciples were panicking. They were panicking. And so in the middle of all this commotion and calamity, Jesus is sleeping and the disciples are panicking and the scriptures record that they wake him up. And they begin to tell him about the problem in the middle. There's a storm. We're taking on water. Their panic was so great. Their faith was so misdirected that the scripture records that they said to Jesus, don't you even care that we're about to die? Listen, it brought into question for them the faithfulness of God. They doubted. They were fearful. They were full of fear. And in response to their panic and to their response to this storm, Mark 4, 39 and 40 says that Jesus arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm, the scripture says. And then he turns to them and he says, why are you so fearful? I purposely made that two words. Why are you so fearful? He says, how is it? That you have no faith. How is it that in this middle ground, while we're going there, you have no faith? See, prior to this moment, Jesus and the disciples had spent the day with these massive crowds and he was teaching them. But that work was now done. And Jesus was intent upon getting to the other side for a specific reason. So while they're on their way in the midst of this storm... Jesus was at peace because he knew that they would get there because he said they were going there. That preaches to you and I. That speaks directly to our heart. Don't ever doubt what God is calling you to while you're in the middle. Don't question his word. And so he wasn't worried about what they were about to go through. 
You see, Jesus did not only have great faith for what had to happen on the other side for this man's deliverance. He had faith for what had to happen in between as they traveled to get there. And so, on the other hand, we see that the disciples, they didn't have faith. While they were still in the boat, listen closely, every one of them had already jumped ship while still being in the ship. You know why I say that? Because they all turned to self. Don't you care about me? I'm about to die. I've got plans. I've got ideas. I've got things that I want to do. I still want to live. I still want to do my own thing. And Jesus, the scripture says, wakes up. He rebukes the wind and the waves. And then he says to them, why are you so fearful? Why are you so inwardly focused about yourself? Listen, they had lost sight of what Jesus had told them. They had lost sight of there. And so they had forgotten what Jesus said in Mark 4.35. It records that he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now that's important for us to think about for a moment. Because Jesus wasn't just simply talking about going somewhere. Listen. A more accurate translation of this in, in, the, in, in the Greek literally says this. Let us journey through so that we can go beyond further in the other side. That's what it says in the Greek. And so Jesus wasn't looking to get across the lake to the other side. Jesus was focused on what had to happen beyond their landing point. But he was also conscious of what had to happen in the middle with the disciples. He saw what they could do while they couldn't. And they didn't. Which leads us to an extremely important point today. In order to go from here to there, we must trust and do what is necessary in the middle. See, Jesus had already said to them that they were going to the other side. These guys were on the way to seeing chains broken in the lives of people on the other side. This wasn't just about breaking the chains that, helped this, that held this man captive and the oppression that kept him, the demonic oppression that kept him oppressed. This was also about setting free the people that were full of fear because of what the devil was doing through this man in that region. But you see, the disciples almost missed it. By what they did in the middle. See, we can't miss this moment in the middle, ladies and gentlemen. Right about now, I know that many of you are wondering, well, what will we do in the middle? What can we do? How do we get to the other side? Let me give you some orders from headquarters. Let me share with you some things that God has led me to say here today. The first thing. And it's a declaration of faith and it is a step that we are taking. We will not just look in faith. We will act in faith. I'm going to say this again. We will not just look in faith. We will not just claim faith. We will act in faith. Listen, you know what's one thing that believers do? Believers believe. But you know what that belief leads believers to do? Believers act. Believers take steps. Believers not simply claim to trust. Believers act on that trust. 
See, the disciples not only lost sight of what Jesus told them to do, to go to the other side, they lost sight of what they could do along the way. I'm going to say that again. They lost sight of what they could do along the way. Think about it. After commanding the wind and the waves to be at peace and to be still, he rebukes the disciples by asking them in verse 40, how is it that you still have no faith? How is it that you didn't speak to this wind and waves? See, these are the same disciples that Jesus had told that if they tell a mountain to be cast into the sea, that it would be done. This is, these are the same disciples that Jesus had told that he gave them all authority, the authority that he had that was from heaven and active on earth, and that they could go and cast out demons and heal the sick. They could raise the dead. They could bring the gospel, the power of God to earth. They could be a bridge that from heaven to earth to touch the lives of people. These were the same guys that had received that commission from Christ himself. And so in other words, Jesus was saying to them, how is it that you did not act according to your faith in me to face this storm like I would? How is it that you didn't think to do this? See, as the church of Christ and the local body that he has commissioned us to be in this region and beyond, we cannot simply run to God and ask him to act. We can't do that. We can't do that. You know who only asks and asks and asks? Babies. Babies. Now, if that rubbed you the wrong way, let me just say this to you. If the shoe fits, don't wear it. It's time to change it. It's time, it's time for us to take some steps. Right? We, we can't just pray about this. We can't just claim to have faith. No, see, in this moment, we ourselves must act because he has commissioned us to go to the other side. And on the other side, there are broken chains. On the other side, there's healing waiting to happen. On the other side, there are people that will be enlightened to the hope that is possible with Christ. It's all on the other side. And as of this moment, as of this moment, we're on the verge. It's make or break. It's, it's, it's time to make a decision to make a commitment, and to go forward. So let me tell you a little bit about here as well, where we've been here. Recently, a couple of months back, I had a meeting with our bank. And I was talking to them. I had had a, a challenging experience with the person that we were dealing with before. And she just, I don't, I don't even think she was willing to just help us figure this out. But I met with our bank, and I was talking with this VP, and, you know, we went over a bunch of documentation and everything. And he says, you know, Pastor, the issue that Church at the Bridge has is not being able to pay a mortgage. You guys can take this building on and do it comfortably. You can't do that. He says, the issue that you have is cash flow in terms of your capital for your down payment. I'm going to be frank with you. We did a building campaign, a campaign about a, uh, two years ago. We raised a, over 170000 Praise God. You did that. Praise God. That was step one. With those limited resources, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to say they're limited. With those resources, we took steps 
to try and purchase a facility. We had some things going on. It didn't work. That's okay. Though the vision tarry, we wait for it. And we take steps towards it. But where we are right now is we need to raise more capital. And so today I'm announcing that we will be undertaking another building campaign, a capital campaign, to raise the funds that we need. Now I'm going to tell you something. It's really not much. For one person, you might go, oh, my God, I get it. But I, I like what they posted recently about Vision Sunday. Together, when we're going there, it's better when we do it together. Here's what we need to raise. We need to raise $350,000. That's what we need to raise. With a congregation of, a 200, of over 260 people and many people that join us online and that give online, we can do this. We really can do this. And so what will it take? There are those of you that previously pledged, and for whatever reason, what you pledged, you were not able to fulfill. Here's what I want to say to you. I'm asking you to fulfill it and to recommit to go beyond what you previously pledged so that we can get there. For those of you that fulfilled your pledge and were faithful to complete what God placed on your heart, I'm asking you to pledge again and commit to help us to get there. See, the truth is that we're still in the middle. We're still in this together. And to get there, Christ tells us, don't be afraid. Don't be full of fear. Take the steps that faith necessitates to get to the other side. For all of us as a whole, at Church at the Bridge, and even for those of you that are checking us out, and you, 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 you sense a call from God here. We have the privilege, we have the mandate, we have the call from God to get in the boat with Jesus and do our part to break chains on the other side. And so here's how this is going to work. Next week, I'm going to ask you to be here in full force. You may have plans, I'm asking you to cancel them. I'm just being straight up with you. I'm asking you to put God first. I'm asking you to be here, and here's what's going to happen. This week... I just want you to pray, and I know this for a fact. There is at least a few of you here, and maybe you're joining us online, where God already dropped in your heart what he's calling you to give. He's already put it in your heart. I want you this week to simply pray and seek God. And as you're seeking God, I want you to go back and meticulously study what I'm discussing with you today. Go back to the scriptures. Go back to the scriptures. Please do not take my words. Go back to God and ask God, God, what's my part in this? If you call this place home as your church, then let me say this to you. Home is more than just a place where we raise our hands and sing songs and hear a sermon. Home is a place where we are in partnership, not participating. We're more than participants. We're more than spectators. We're in partnership with the Lord. And so what I want you to do is this, this week, pray, meditate, think about this. Next week, I want you to be here, and we're going to give you these. They're a commitment card. And basically what it breaks down for you and I is a plan, a model of how we will do this. For some of you, you'll choose, you'll have your overall, what you feel the Lord placed on your heart, and what you will do with that is this. You can give the whole lump sum. You can give a portion of that. The way we're going to do this is on May 16th, we're going to convene back here. And what we're going to do on May 16th, that Sunday, 
is we are going to bring our very best towards what God placed in our heart. So, for example, let's just say God placed on your heart $10,000, $5,000, $1,000, whatever it is. You will bring your very best that you can towards that on May 16th. And then from that point forward, you will tell us on this commitment card, weekly, biweekly, monthly, however you want to do it, this is how I will give the rest that God has placed on my heart that I'm committed to fulfill this dream, this vision. Listen, we're right there. This is all possible. So I'm asking you to be here next week. Secondly, I'm asking you to join us the 16th, which I said already. And on that day, here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship God and we're going to present this offering. It's above your tithe, above your regular offerings. We're going to present this as a first fruit and we're going to commit it to the Lord. We're going to do what Jesus did with the disciples. They put the bread and the fish in his hands. He blessed it. He placed it back in their hands. And it multiplied unto the kingdom. It multiplied unto their lives. And it caused a great move of God. So that's what we're going to do on the 16th. And then we're going to be faithful to follow through. Once this campaign gets started, something that we're going to do different because we didn't know any better. I didn't know any better then is we're going to do a series of events throughout these next 18 months. And I don't believe that it's going to take us 18 months. I'm going to tell you honestly, I really don't believe that it's going to take us 18 months. I believe that we'll be able to do this by end of this year. I believe that we can do that. I believe. Do you believe that? Well, guess what? If we're in partnership together in faith, then we can accomplish this. And there's many ways to give. Look, it can be stocks. It can be a, thing, a, a property that you own. It can be residual income that you have that you want to designate. There's so many ways to do this. Just go before the Lord on this. But what we're going to do is this. We're going to have a series of follow-up events where we're going to get together on these special nights. We're going to celebrate what God has done by going over where we are. And then we're going to continue to cast vision and take steps together. We're also going to invite new partners during those nights. But we're going to do this with God. Do you believe that we can do this with God? Do you believe that all things are possible with God? Then I'm asking you to join in with this. In addition, here's what we've been doing in the middle. And I want to apologize because I know I'm going a little bit over our time. So I'm going to wrap this up. But in addition to all this, here's what we are doing, what we're actively doing. We've been searching for an in-between space before we get there. The truth is we really can't stay here. We really can't stay here. Some of you might be saying, well, Pastor, why, why don't we just do a third, third service? Number one, I'm not going to wear out our volunteers. Number two, I don't want to keep you comfortable. We can't stay comfortable. That's an excuse to stay. That's an excuse not to act. We have to take this step. And I would encourage some of you, don't put a limit on your resources. Listen, a dollar given in faith is a kingdom seed that will produce a harvest. You, you operate from the resources where you are and you let God do the rest. But in the middle, here's what we've been doing. We've been looking at other facilities that we could potentially lease. The very last one that I've been in touch with, and I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll see. I'm not... You know, I'm, I'm just trusting God. I reached out to the old Distinta movie theater, which is right on the borderline of Newburgh and New Windsor. It's empty. We're trying to see where can we go. We need to make room. Do you know that there are people that don't come to service because there's no room for them? They watch online. They give online. We need more space. Our kids need more space. Our teens need more space. 
The move of God needs more room. We have to do this together. Let me tell you the second thing we're going to do. We will trust in the middle. I'm going to say that again. We will trust in the middle. The disciples were so caught up in their fears that they lost sight of the ministry opportunity before them in the middle of the storm. The journey from here to there as it pertains to what God is calling us to requires that we continue to advance instead of retracting like the disciples did. And so about a month ago, God placed something on my heart. I'll be very brief with this. I came across a bus that is a food truck that was for sale, a business that's closing out. We've done business with these people. They're great people. And I saw it, and immediately I started to imagine. You remember when you were a kid and you would hear the ice cream truck? How did you know the ice cream truck came? You heard the jingle. Envision this. You hear a jingle. Kids come out. There's ice cream. There's food, whatever. And we draw these kids. We set out some, some, some place area rugs. Kids sit down. We do kids ministry with them. We do songs. We go to nursing facilities. We go to places where people can't get to us. And we minister to them. We feed them. We give them the gospel. We invade the kingdom of hell. And we overpopulate the kingdom of heaven. Listen close. And so I see this bus and I go, God, this doesn't make sense. We need more resources. A couple of weeks after that, I was driving by there with my wife and I said to her, hey, honey, imagine this. And she begins to just talk out loud. And, and, and we're dreaming. And I, I just can't get this bus off my heart. I said, but Lord, how are we going to do this? I was putting the emphasis on money. On money. I said, God, how are we going to do this? God, I really don't want to take from these resources to do that. Kept praying about it. Well, one day I stopped by. I saw the owner out there. I started talking to him. He gives me the price. I said, well, I definitely don't see us doing that. I'll tell you honestly, it was, it was quite a bit of money. And so I said, Lord, this can't be. But I felt the Lord say to me, talk to the board of directors at the church at the bridge. Tell them what your vision is. Share your heart with them. And just start some conversations. I did that. But the morning when I did that, I woke up and the Lord quickened me in my heart and said to me, call the foundations that partnered with you when you did Giving Wednesdays. And so I got on the phone that morning before I spoke to our board and I, I told them about what God had placed on my heart. Let me tell you what happened. One foundation says, we'll give you 10000 for that. Another foundation says, we'll give you 5000 for that. Listen. The bus is practically paid. Now, will we have to put some resources? Absolutely. But how about our God? How about a move of God? How about how God works? So guess what? We're buying this bus. Look at the inside. It's Just quickly scroll through that, please. It's fully equipped. It has plenty of, of, of counter space, cooking facilities. It has freezers, refrigerators. We're going to take this gospel mobile and reach people that won't come to us but we can reach them. Now, you might be wondering, why would we undertake the opportunity while simultaneously taking a step to raise the needed funds for this building that we're pursuing? And the answer is because we are kingdom-minded people. Because we are about the kingdom and this gospel. We are about increasing the, the, the capacity in heaven, overpopulating it, making a difference. And the last thing that we will do, not the last thing, but one of the things that I want to leave you with here today is that we will get to the other side. Stand with me today as we close.
Mark chapter 4, verse 35, I want you to consider the words of Jesus. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 says this. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. God has already decreed that we can and we will. The question is, will you take that step in the middle? Will we step out with God? Will we step out with God? And in Matthew 19, 26, the words of Jesus, it says that he looked at them and he said to them, see, these guys had doubts. But he looked at them and he said to them, guys, you're looking at the wrong thing. See, with men, in your understanding, in your realm of sight and vision, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so here's what I want you to consider. We have all we need to do this. I know it's a big vision, but we serve a big God. What makes us think that a big God operates small? We got to do this together. We have God, we have a vision based upon his word, and we have each other on the journey to help us get to the other side. And so tonight, this morning, should I say, I want you to simply just take a moment to close your eyes, get with God. And Father, here we are. Our belief only takes us so far, Lord. But your vision takes us farther. And Father, I thank you for each and every person here, each and every person online. That you would privilege us with the opportunity to get a glimpse of where you're taking us, Lord. And that you would give us the double privilege to be a part of it. Lord, I've been faithful to do what you've called me to do. I've given your word. I've cast the vision that you continue to keep before us. Now, Father, in partnership with you, we, each and every one of us, we open our hearts. We open our minds. We push past our limitations and we say, God, lead me, guide me. This is what I want to do, Lord. This is what I want to do in partnership with you. I commit these, your people, Lord, to your word, which is able to build them and to give them the inheritance that you've placed in their hands and in their hearts, Lord, but also to be a part of the vision that you've placed for us before us. And we will be faithful to go to the other side. We thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.